just to make sure everyone's caught up and on the same page of where we're at as a church. I'm just going to read three verses from Matthew and then um, just talk about that and then just continue on a few other things. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand's doing so that, you, that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what you do as secret will reward you. When you pray... Go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will will reward you. If you haven't seen this before, you'll notice there's a pattern there. When you fast, put oil on your head or have a shower, wash your face or smile. Don't pretend like you're hungry and your stomach's grumbling so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So this week, um, what we're doing as a church is usually at this time of year, we spend time in prayer and just seeking God and his favor and blessing for the next year, so 2017 in this case. Um, What we're doing as a church is the whole thing is that we're in this together. And so it's no use just me and and the staff seeking God this week. It's, It's really useful that as a church, we spend time seeking God. Now, for us to receive our best in 2017, we need the riches of heaven poured down on that. We can't actually do that if we just use our resources. If I just look into my closet at home, my cupboard at home, and go, I'm going to be the best I can be next year, and all I've got is what's in there, it's going to be pretty ordinary. Or if all I look is what what I've got in my bank balance, or what I've got in my ideas, or look back through past sermons that I've preached, It's not going to be the best it can be, and we're not going to launch forward into what we can have. And so we need the riches of heaven. And so here, Jesus gives three keys for that. And um, a few of you guys have been around the last couple of weeks, so you've heard this. And so you you already know this. Some might not. I'm just making sure we're all on the same path. But the first one is prayer. We know prayer well out of these three things. Praying, when we pray, the Father sees what's done, and he sends a reward from heaven. Now, this isn't just jumping up, and I've been in prayer meetings where I stand there and go, oh, I've got to use some big words now, and um, some real, I've got to quote some scripture or something, so I sound important, and um, try and get, no, what, what we're doing is just a heart connection with God, just a heart connection with our Father, because He sees our need, He knows our needs, and you're the best person to pray for your needs, because you know them, and so He wants you talking to Him, and then when He sees you doing that, He says there is a reward coming from heaven. So what we're doing this week is as a church, we're seeking God and we're just seeking his presence, his favor, and his face really towards us. And so we're going to be praying every day this week. I'm going to be sending out SMSs each morning on on what we'll be praying for as a church that day. Uh, This morning I spoke about a few different things that uh, we believe for when we're fasting. Um, We're believing for healing. We're believing for finance protection. We're believing for direction. We're believing for salvation. Um... Within that, so we'll focus around those things and also some ministries. Also, we'll gather together here at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. each day. And then also, if you're an early riser, at 5 a.m. on Wednesday uh, as well. So youth prayer meeting, we're going to move earlier. Oh, wait, no. Um, Tom's shaking his head at me. What's that? No, it's really cool because I get to come pray and then I'll go pick up the guys I pick up and then come back. And So that'll just, I get two prayer meetings in on Wednesday. But I encourage you to come and join together in that. Wednesday night, we'll probably do something a bit bigger. Um, with the worship team here and, and then let the worship team spend some time on practicing for carols and Christmas because we're like only 
less than a hand, less than two handfuls of weeks away from Christmas, and so that's exciting. So that's that's that prayer. I don't need to teach on prayer. We understand prayer, giving. At the same time, we're going to be praying about this week, and one of the days we're going to pray about our finance. We're going to ask God's favor on it. But I'm also encouraging us church to ask God for what our giving would look like in 2017. Um, My hope for your life is that you already experience the blessing of of being generous to God in in giving and tithes and offering. If you're not, let me encourage you, give it a go. Give it a crack. Um, Let me encourage you to seek God for what he would have you give next year. And even um, what I do at this time every year is where I spend time praying about what he wants me to give right now as a one-off gift on top of... Um, what my tithes and offering are. And so that's something that I encourage you to spend time praying on. This is to release God's favor in our lives because we see in the word all the time that generosity is rewarded from heaven. And uh, we'll see in one of the stories we share tonight about how a generous heart actually unlocks the presence of heaven. The third thing in there is fasting. And um, you might never have fasted before. You might have fasted and you might fast every month and um, really understand the intimacy and the depth of that. And if you do, that's fantastic. For most of us, it's uh, one of those sort of secrets of, of the Christian faith, which Jesus really talks about as one of the basic duties of a Christian that we have left locked up for a long time. And so what I'm encouraging people to do this week, maybe you've never fasted. So let me encourage you this. Give it a go for a day. Give it a crack. Maybe you've got some medical conditions that make that difficult. Um, what I'm talking about is not going without water and food. I'm talking about just going without food. Um, for a period of time called a partial fast and, and what we're seeing. Water is your best friend while fasting. Um, it does give an element of filling up for the time, but it, it makes sure you can keep going. That's, that's for sure. But the thing, important things of fasting is that we spend time, we know what we're fasting for. So we go in with a purpose. And we're seeking God's favor and blessing for 2017 in his direction for that. That's our purpose corporately, but you might have a purpose individually that you spend maybe a meal or a day or three days or, or seven days of fasting. Um, maybe you're, you do energetic work or something like that and you just, I, mean, I need energy. Maybe a Daniel fast is better for you. Daniel spent time, he just was eating fruit and vegetables. He gave up, it says he gave up wine and bread and meat. Um, so he gave up all other drinks other than water. He just ate water and vegetables for 21 days as he sought God and God came through with a powerful answer into the, his life and also the, um, the nation of Israel at that time. Let me encourage you also this week is to reduce technology use. Um, maybe you get medicated by watching TV or watching shows or, or uh, medicated by... Well, let's just be real. We do, don't we? We watch something that makes us feel better, lets us zone out for a bit. But um, this week, what we really need to do is I'm just really believing, and, and just as even as we were worshipping tonight, I just really feel God saying he wants us to come to intimacy, um, really wants to draw us into intimacy. And, and you might be feeling dry. You might be feeling away from God. You might have been sat in worship going, was God in the room tonight? Was I in the same place as God? I, I just don't know. I just don't feel like I'm, I'm touching heaven at all in that. Use this week for that. Maybe you need to do a technology fast and, and, and give up the devices that are... Uh, extension of our personality really these days and step in i'm not i'm not going to dictate what sort of fast but all i do is i'm going to encourage you because one what happened with ezra and what happened with um with samuel as well the nation came together in fasting 
And when they did that together, they saw an amazing breakthrough. So I just want to tell a couple of stories from the Word tonight um, that happened with fasting, just, just to give a couple more things, uh, because I don't think I've taught on this nearly enough in my ministry. I don't know if I've taught on this nearly enough as a church. Um, and, and so I, I, that's why I'm spending four, four messages over last week and this week talking about fasting and really sewing that in. So if you're getting a bit bored of it, bad luck. Um, let me inspire, because if I can, let me... The reality is this, I, I can't believe, the more I've researched and the more I've read the Word and looked at the stories of fasting in the Bible, the more I've actually wanted to do it. And the hungrier I've gotten, not because of not eating, but yeah, yeah, there you go, you got the pun, cool. But the, the, the hunger I've gotten just to experience the release of heaven that comes and only comes through devoting yourself for a period of time of letting go this earth and, and chasing hold and grabbing on of heaven. And it's not about actually moving heaven, it's about moving ourselves and positioning ourselves under what heaven's already doing in our world. And, and one of the only ways to do that is to let go of this earth. And our bodies scream out and cry out for food. And, and we know Jesus was hungry when he fasted for 40 days. And the devil came up, hey, to eat this rock, it looks delicious, it's a loaf of bread. And he's like, no, I live by the word of God. That's what hungers after me, and I, I've just got such a passion for it. And so one of the things that happens in there is um, Eli, at the time, is high priest in, in Israel and, and looking after it. And we know that, I don't know if you know the story there in 1 Samuel, but so Eli's priest, he's got a couple of sons, Phineas and... No, no. But um, anyway, one of them's called Phineas. And anyway, they're, they're not good guys. Eli's getting older. He's been discouraged by his sons. They're just acting bad. They're in charge of the church at the time. They find all the good-looking young adult girls that come into the church, and they take them out the back and take them to Hungry Jacks and uh, hold hands and, and, and those sort of things with them. And, and they're... they're they take up an offering and they go, great, what are we going to go and eat this week and take a handful out of the offering as it's coming in. And so these are the guys that have been left in charge of the church. And so it gets to the point where Israel is getting attacked um, by the Philistines. It's what seems to happen over and over again when you read the Bible. It seems to be this war, Philistines come in and attack them and it stops for a while. But Philistines come in and attack them. Eli's sons are on the front line. Um, they're leading the army. They've gone out to bless the army because they're priests. And so they come out with a blessing. And they've taken the ark out to the front of the front of the fight. And Eli, because he's old, he's 98 at the time, he's sitting back at home in his rocking chair. And uh, just there he can't see because he's gone blind because his heart's upset at what, what's happened with his sons. Anyway, so he's sitting there. Philistines come in with their, and, and Israel's gone out. They've got a big army. Huge force, but Philistine wins, comes through, destroys, kills 4,000 people of the army. Um, At that point, also, Eli's sons are killed, and the ark is taken off the Philistines. Um, The news goes back to Eli. Eli's in his rocking chair. He hears his sons have been killed. He sits up straight still. As soon as he hears the ark has been stolen, it says he falls back in his chair and he breaks his neck. Yeah, Phineas had a wife at that point, and um, she was pregnant. And she gets the news about her, her husband being dead, and um, they say it's okay. 
It's okay. God, God's still with us. God will still do it. But um, she's so heartbroken and understands what's happened because of the loss of the ark that she calls him Ichabod, meaning the glory of God has departed. Anyway, so, so what happens there is um, the Philistines take the ark and take it to their church. And they go set it up in the front of their church. Their church is to the god Dagon. And they stick it in front of Dagon's statues. And then they get in there and they start doing their worship and all that. All of a sudden, Dagon thinks this is a bad idea. And he falls over. Even though he's a statue. And so they pick him back up. Thinking that's, that's pretty stupid. And he falls over again. And he cannot stand up in front of this ark. And say, the statue of Dagon keeps falling down. Uh, while it's there. What happens is it's there for seven months, and during the seven months, there's five different Philistine kings. All of them get tumors and get really sick. Across the entire people, they all start getting cancer and tumors growing on them. There is a plague of rats now that goes through the entire country. And so, uh, I, I don't know, my boys at the moment are afraid of daddy long legs. Every so often, I get, a, I get woken up in the morning by my son. Dad, there's a giant spider in my room. And you go in, and it's this tiny little daddy long legs thing. Like, oh, I just want to slap you around. No, and, um, come on, kid. It's okay. It's okay. And I, I'm just trying to imagine what would happen if my boy saw a rat running through their room. Actually, one time I was in, my, in a house, and I had this big giant rat come into my room. And then it ran around, and I had this box trying to catch the thing. And um, ended up running under my bed. And so I moved my bed out to the middle of the room. And Pete and I are standing on my bed trying to watch every side for where this rat would come through. And it wasn't there. I was so freaked out I went and slept in Pete's room that night. And um, anyway, so rats are running through. Oh, just imagine that. Just hordes of rats running through your house. They are dirty, rotten things. We had rats die in the walls here. And they just stink. Anyway, so the Philistines get over the rats and and over the tumors. They decide this ark is bad news. Um, It's the real God. We've got to send him back. But we've got to actually give an offering here. So they make gold tumors, five gold tumors, and they make 700 gold rats. And then they get two cows, pick up the ark, stick it on this cart behind the cows, and send the whole thing back. And the cows wander off um, into Beth Shamer and... As soon as they get across the border of Israel, they stop. The people in the town of Joshua there see this, and they go, this is fantastic. The ark's back. They start to party. They um, rip apart. They, the Levites there lift off the ark, and then they rip apart the wagon and, and build a fire, and they have uh, McDonald's um, cow for dinner and um, worship God and give him some sacrifices of the cow there and start celebrating. Then a couple of them lift the lid and start looking in the ark, and they die. And so what happens is they get the ark and they take it up to um, Kedesh um, after that, uh, to Abinadab's house. Uh, the Levites lift it up there. And then at that point, um, we get to this point, and I'll just, uh, just read what's happened there. And so Samuel is now the leader of Israel. And Samuel said to all the Israelites, If you're returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of foreign gods, all the asterisks, and commit, Ashtoreth was a, a foreign god, and um, another one, most of the foreign gods had, had sex as part of their worship, and, and she was another one of that. Um, commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. And so the Israelites put away their bowels and the Ashtoreths, and they served the Lord only, 
And Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. And when they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before God. And on that day, they fasted and they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mizpah. The Philistines heard that Israel was assembled, and the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. And when the Israelites heard it, they were afraid. And so they said to Samuel, don't stop crying out to the Lord for us that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. And then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed the whole burnt offering to the Lord. And he cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf and the Lord answered him. Goes on there that the armies came around Mizpah at that point and then it was a thunderstorm without any rain. Like Thunder of heaven came down. And all of a sudden, the Philistine armies started getting deluded on who's who and started attacking each other. So Israel ran out and killed 4,000 of them and then chased them off and they didn't come back and attack them anymore. So here we have a whole nation who come together fasting. And what are they doing? They're actually making a decision at this point going, we just want God. They had that in their lives at one point. They'd been pursuing him at one point, but now they'd actually been doing everything else what they wanted. In church, they'd been doing church all just for themselves. They hadn't actually been pursuing God in their church. They'd been pursuing sex and money in that place as well. And in their own lives, they found, oh, these other gods, they're really cool because they just make me feel good um, with what I want to do. All their families get, get beaten up and killed, and so they get to the point of going, you know what, we actually have to turn our hearts back to God. And so as a nation, they do that, and at that moment, they get free. You know, as we come to a fast, that's what we're doing, where as a church saying, all we want is God. All we want is you. You are our most important. We're going to turn our hearts. They didn't just do that, but they confessed sins. They, they set their mind on the fact that we just want to serve God and serve God alone, and then it had a couple of results. A whole nation saw revival. You know, one of my deep hopes this week is an entire fellowship and community of believers get passionate, more passionate about God, that we are a people that would just grow in our sanctification and our holiness. See, there's the big words, sanctification, that God would make us himself inside us, that we'd be able to live the way he wants us to live. There's an army leader, Cornelius, one day praying in his house. And he and his family pray, and, and he spends a lot of time not just praying, but one day he, he's spending time with his whole family praying. He's a Roman leader. And God rocks up. And an angel rocks up to him and says, Hey, I want you to go find Peter. I mean, to go grab him and bring him back to talk to your household. This is the reason why, because you've been generous with your finance, because you're actually a generous person and you give, I've noticed that in heaven and there's a reward coming to you because of that. And so what he does is he sends three of his servants off to go find this Peter fella. And and so they go off and they go trekking through and and, uh, hop on their donkeys or horses or whatever they're riding at the time, hop on their Prado and go for a drive and... Um, go find, and they rock up at Peter's door. Meanwhile, what Peter's doing at this point is he's hungry. 
And he's not in a fast. So he tells other people around to cook him some food. And so they're making him lunch. And while they're making him lunch, he goes up and hangs out on the roof. I used to love doing that when I was a kid. It was fantastic. I'd always go sit on the roof after school and just hang out up there and then wait till mum would cry out, go, dinner time, you've got to come down. And then come. it was really cool because mum couldn't get up on the roof. So I could just be alone and in my own thing. And I thought, mate, my boys are going to do that one day, aren't they? Anyway, so <laughs> don't tell them to sit on the roof. No, they've already tried to follow me up on the roof before when I'm fixing things and doing that and getting their bulls off. Um, lots of bulls on the roof. And anyway, so he's sitting on the roof and he's praying and, and it must have taken a while. It's like, you know, those times. actually one time I went to KFC once and um, ordered some food and they told me it would be a 21-minute wait. On my chicken. I'm like, this is fast food. Like, where's, what's the guy? Right, so he must have been to KFC that day, and they've told him it's a 21 minute wait because he actually falls asleep on the roof. As he falls asleep, you can tell he's hungry because he starts dreaming about food and all these different things. And God appears to him and shows him the, the fact that unclean and, and, and clean animals together and that he's eating these things. Oh, this is bizarre. Anyway, so then this knock comes on his door and he gets woken up and goes down. There's these three servants and they say, We've come to find you, Peter. You have to come with us. And God had told him that you've got to go with these three men. And so he goes, okay, fair enough. Because that's really random. If some guy comes knocking on your door and goes, you've got to come with me now. It's like, uh-uh. Sorry. It's like, usually some guy comes knocking on your door and goes, I'm right with my phone, thank you. I'm right with my power bill. I'm okay. I've already, yeah, yeah. No, I play the game of trying to guess what scripture they're going to tell me. <laughs> And uh, I just listen and, and be kind, and then they tell me, a, and then as they're about to tell me a scripture, I'm like, oh, just like we're in the Bible, it says, it's just really, <laughs> I, um, actually, I, I was just really encouraged one day. I know, I know we all sort of struggle with the whole J-Dub thing, and um, there are issues with it when they take out the deity of Jesus. But I remember one day, and I know one guy, he was knocking on my door talking about it, and he just had the heartbeat of God with him. Until he just knew Jesus and he had a reality. And I just, I just pray that people who have a slightly deluded image of who God is would, in the midst of that, find the reality of who he is. And um, these guys are definitely not our enemy, um, but they're just needing the heartbeat and the truth of who Jesus is for the redemption um, with that. Anyway, so these three guys, God had told Peter, you've got to go with them. And so he, he goes for a hike off with these three guys and goes to Cornelius' house. And he rocks up here and goes, I don't know really why I'm here because I'm not allowed to hang out with you. It's like he was in um, grade 12 and going, you guys are in grade 10. Sorry, we don't hang out together here. Sorry, it's different grades. It's not okay. We can't be friends. Or people from different... I don't know, we had this thing when I was at school, I was from Maruchi High, and you couldn't ever associate with anyone from like Kiwana High or Caloundra High, it just wasn't okay or cool at all, and um, when I was in grade, like grade 5 and grade 6, our grades clashed, we actually had these like all-in brawls on the oval between our grades, it's just how much, you just couldn't be friends with someone. So th- this is the thing that Peter rocks up with Cornelius, and... Um, you find out random things about me when I preach, don't you? And um, anyway, so you rock up at Cornelius' house and go, I can't actually hang out with you. You're not cool enough. I'm, I'm an Israelite here, man, and you're a dirty, rotten Gentile, and we don't actually get on anymore. You're from New South Wales. I'm a Queenslander. We cannot talk. It's state of origin tomorrow night. This is not happening. At, 
Anyway, so Peter understands that. It's like, I don't know why I'm here other than God told me to be here. And Cornelius tells him, well, this is why. A couple of days ago, I was fasting and I was praying. And as I was doing that, God rocked up and told me to send for you. And that's why my men sent for you. And, and, and Peter went, well, I guess this is why, because I guess you've heard about God. I was on top of the building and he starts telling him about Jesus. And as he was telling him about Jesus, the Holy Spirit fills the room. And Cornelius and his household start praying in tongues and prophesying. Peter has just this mind theological explosion that there is no way this can happen. It's like being in an evangelical church today and someone starting praying in tongues in the middle of it that's never heard about it. They have this mind explosion that this cannot happen this way. It just doesn't go on. This doesn't happen today. Or someone that just believes the gifts are ended and they get a prophetic word that just speaks total open their lives. And so Peter goes, well, I guess you guys should be saved then. And then he goes and baptizes them. And that's why we're part of, because of that whole scenario, we can be part of God's kingdom today because of Cornelius. So here you have a man in his household who are fasting. And what's the result of that? A deeper connection and intimacy with God beyond what they dreamed was possible, beyond what they actually knew was possible, him and his whole household. So it wasn't just him that got it from there. His children and his wife and whoever else lived in that house, we don't know. It could have been his auntie and his mother-in-law living with him and they could have like built other rooms on the sides and, and they could have some other people. But whoever was there got filled with the Holy Spirit. This week as we fast, I'm just believing for a deeper connection with the power and the intimacy with God. And tonight as I was worshipping, that's just really what I felt for us, was, was that is something that there's people in the room tonight, that that's just what you're needing at the moment. There's like that emptiness and dryness. And God just wants to unlock it. Now, like I said, this isn't just going without food. This is making a decision. I'm going to pursue this and pursue God. For these things, and I'm going to talk about Paul as well, but I, I just Paul's intimacy with God went through the roof. Here's Paul, rocks walking down the road one day, has a letter in his hand that he can go just murder churches. It's just like some, like the army rocking in through our door tonight with a letter from Malcolm Turnbull saying, I can kill you guys because you're Christians. And that's, that's pretty much what Paul Saul was doing. Walking down the road or, or driving down the road in his tank and light comes around him and falls down to the ground and the other people with him hear a sound and hear this voice talking to him. I've got, I'm Jesus, I'm the one you're giving, I'm, you're actually giving me a hard time. And they didn't see him, but Paul stands up and they can't see at that point and say, he says to him, go off to Straight Street and go hang out there. And so he does. He doesn't eat for three days. And um, meanwhile, um, Ananias is praying and, and having this argument with God of going, hey, go, go pray for Paul. No way am I going near that guy. He's going to kill me. Are you serious? Can you get behind me, devil? No, it's God. You need to listen to me. And, and so he has this big argument with God. Come on, I've, I've done that before. This is not you, God. Get behind me, Satan. No, this is God. Listen to me. And say so this argument for a little while and then eventually goes, fine. 
I'm just going to act in faith and believe it's you. If I die anyway, then I'm going to die. <laughs> but this is you. I'm going to follow you. So he goes there and he prays for, prays for Saul after he's been fasting for three days. Scales fall from his eyes and he can see again. It says that week he started preaching in the church about Jesus. Talk about a, a quick ministry introduction. Um, he had years and years of theological training behind him. Didn't have anything of the kingdom of God. It took a three-day fast and an encounter with the presence of God to actually unlock the ministry in his life. I just wonder what God really wants to unlock in you this week. I, I, I'm curious. I am, I'm fascinated, actually, by what God wants to unlock in our people this week of the kingdom of God and the goodness of who he is and, and what he has for us and uh, everything about that. And so we're, gonna, we're spending time praying this week and just seeking him. Um, come on, let's just stand and just um, spend a moment praying. Fasting. Um, I sent out an email the other day. Um, Sunday lunch to Sunday lunch. Is, is, you didn't get it? Well, that means you've either unsubscribed from our emails or we don't have your email address properly. So if you didn't get an email, message me your email address or it's in your junk mailbox or something like that. Check that first. It's probably a good idea. It'll be from my personal email and it sends them out all one individually things as well. So it's not like it'll be picked up on spam because it's not sending out 350 emails as a bulk. Uh, it sends them out individually. Sorry, that's a whole technical thing that most of you don't need to... Uh, that, that's right, isn't it, David? Yeah, yeah. 50s. Okay, well, it sends them out once and shoots them out individually. Um, so that's there. So let's just spend a bit of time praying. And, and I don't necessarily just want to pray, but I want us just to spend some time praying for three things. Praying for the week of prayer, praying for a deeper intimacy with God. And also one of the, one of the things here... Um, that happened within this is a nation came to revival we saw in the book of Samuel there. And so let's just spend a bit of time praying about that. And if that means you want to gather with some people and, and pray, but let's just let's end our night just um, spending a bit of time praying. And um, I, I've really found significance when we've done this during this time. We're going to do more and more of this during this slot. Um, so I think it's really significant and that. And maybe in that you're going, I just need some prayer as well right now. That's great. If you're with a group of people, they'll be able to gather around you and, and pray for you at that. So is that enough direction for what we're going to do now? Cool. Let's do that. Let's, let's grab some people. Maybe you're, you're there and you just want to grab some other people that you're less comfortable with is always good. Step outside your comfort zone and group. And, um, yeah, let's spend some time praying for those things.
cool. If you're finished and you've prayed and all that sort of stuff, go in blessing. May God be with you this week as you fast and seek Him. In Jesus' name, amen. Go get it. Mm, Come on.